welcome, 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 and happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Welcome to the first and 16 League Year 10 pod. I'm your host, Chris Ferreira, and we have an awesome special edition episode for you guys today. I'm going solo here at the beginning to give you guys some recaps on week 11 and give you some league division play record previews and recaps. And then I'm going to have a special guest on this episode. Shane isn't here today, but I'm going to be joined by John Peterson, the man, the myth, the legend, our marriage officiant this weekend and member of the Jurassic Park division. He's going to join me to recap week 11 and preview week 12. But before we get into that, I wanted to do some league record recaps over the last eight weeks of league play now that we are diving into round two of division play first off i wanted to start this episode off by saying happy thanksgiving and congratulations to both brandon and evelyn on their beautiful wedding this last weekend and congratulations and happy birthday again to our boy alex who turned 30 it was an awesome weekend uh, well, me and John talk about it and recap the events of it and uh, the wildness of it, but we were just so happy for Brandon and Evelyn that they were able to get this in with all the craziness going on and stuff. But let's talk a little bit about football. So I wanted to give you guys a recap of the last eight weeks. So Jurassic Park squared off against Avatar and Studio Ghibli. Pineapple Express played Studio Ghibli and Avatar. Avatar played Pineapple Express and Jurassic Park. And Studio Ghibli played Pineapple Express and Jurassic Park. And I have accumulated the total records for each division, the total records versus each of the divisions that they played, and the best record and worst record of each member of these divisions throughout the last eight weeks. I'm going to give you guys all those numbers. I'll also post this on our Facebook page, but uh, figured this would be a cool little thing as we head into the final three weeks of the regular season before playoffs. So drum roll, please. The team that had the best record throughout division play, Jurassic Park, of course, Jurassic Park representing my division. We finished with a total record of 20 and 12 throughout the eight weeks of division play. Our record against Studio Ghibli, a monumental 13 and three in games against Studio Ghibli. Absolute domination by Jurassic Park over that division. Uh, Only obviously three wins throughout eight weeks. Two of those weeks included complete sweeps, including this last week. Me and John talked more about that. Avatar, on the other hand, was a different story for Jurassic Park. Avatar finished, or I should say Jurassic Park finished with a 7-9 and nine record against Avatar. So Avatar got the better of Jurassic Park throughout this uh, last eight weeks. Hats off to you guys. But a total of 20-12 and 12 for Jurassic Park out of league play. The best record, 6-2 and two by myself, the commissioner and front runner so far of Jurassic Park. I finished six and two. I have a current eight and three record. The worst record, which is actually one of the best, and is the best of the worst records of any division, is John, but John went four and four. But again, all of us sit above 500 right now. We are the top division, top to bottom when you look at it. That is Jurassic Park. Let's move on to the next division on the list. One game below. Jurassic Park with a 19 and 13 record, Pineapple Express. Pineapple Express played both Studio Ghibli and Avatar. They finished one game less than what Jurassic Park did against Studio Ghibli with a 12 and four record against Studio Ghibli. Holy crap, Studio Ghibli. It totally makes sense as to why no one in your division is above 500. So Pineapple Express laying the thump down on Studio Ghibli, but... Avatar, again, causing problems for these two top divisions. Pineapple Express finished 7-9, and nine, just like Jurassic Park did against Avatar. Avatar has the third most wins of a division through eight weeks, but they have the most wins against the two top divisions. So everyone's beating up on Studio Ghibli and struggling with Avatar. So hats off to you, 
a Pineapple Express for taking care of business when you needed to, finishing 19 and 13. The best record in that division was Mina at 7-1, who almost pulled off a 8-0 record out of league if it wasn't for this last weekend where he tripped up, 7-1, with the worst being Anthony going 2-6 in that stretch. Hats off, Pineapple Express, really good division. Avatar sits one below Pineapple Express as they finish with an 18 and 14 record, but they had the hardest schedule of all divisions. They had to play both Jurassic Park and Pineapple Express. They were not able to beat up on lowly Studio Ghibli throughout league play. They finished both nine and seven and nine and seven against Pineapple Express and Jurassic Park respectively. So that's 18 wins, two less than Jurassic Park, but those wins are more important because you guys beat the top tier talent. So hats off to you guys, both uh, Shane, Hayden, Escobar, and Kyle. You guys took care of business against the top two divisions. The best record was Hayden, who finished six and two throughout league play. Hats off to you, Hayden. He is currently in first place, tied with Shane, but the most points forced and the worst was Kyle who went three and five in division. So not, not bad going three and five when you have to play that schedule going against pineapple and Jurassic park. So hats off to you guys. Again, avatar, you guys had the toughest slate, but you guys prevailed more often than not 18 to 14. Good job. Now to the worst division, me and John talk a little bit more about this division studio Ghibli finished a lowly seven and 25 in league play. Good God. They got four wins against Pineapple Express and only three wins against Jurassic Park. Four and 12 and three and 13. Rough, rough stretch for all the members in that division. The best player in that division is the guy who is currently leading that division. He went three and five. That is Mike Reza. He beat me, so I can't talk much shit, but uh, three and five. He currently leads the division at five and six. The worst stretch, two members tied. Cameron, who went one and seven, getting his first win two weeks ago on the season. And Andrew going one and seven also after starting three and oh, is now sitting at four and seven after this horrendous stretch. So rough rough last eight weeks for everyone in studio Ghibli, but you got three people that are still fighting it out for that one lowly playoff spot there. So you guys truly are the NFC East of our league. And uh, I can't even give you guys any compliments. The only compliment I can say is thanks for letting my division beat the shit out of you. And I wish you guys actually could have handled some business against my division opponents and made my job a little easier, but whatever you guys suck seven and 25 woof. So that is a recap of the last eight weeks as we enter the final three games of the season, the final round two of division play. Good luck to everybody as we move into that. Before my interview with John, I want to touch on the last segment here, and that is our In Memoriam segment. I have two gentlemen that are joining Kyle in In Memoriam this week. Cameron Anderson officially getting his name on this list after starting it was one of the worst starts in league history going 0-9. He got his first win two weeks ago, but Marcus Polaris was able to hammer the nails into his coffin this week. Cameron sits at 1-10, officially eliminated after his loss this week. We love you, Cameron. Tough season. He made a lot of moves and a lot of trades, but even in the worst division in league history, you just ran out of games, man. So uh, hopefully – you are able to finish these last three out, play spoiler, knock some people out. Try not to get Sacco. We know you don't want Sacco, man. So uh, hats off to Cameron joining the In Memoriam crew. The second member to join that In Memoriam crew is Anthony Martinez. Woof. Two guys. These two guys are, you know, main stakes in this league, always potential playoff teams, and they both just had horrendous injury luck, Anthony specifically. I feel like it was every week that he was having a guy go on IR. Um, Anthony was officially eliminated with his loss to Kyle this week, and he now gets to play spoiler in the Pineapple Express division. 
he's getting Austin Eckler back. Let's hope he actually stays healthy so you can, you know, make some noise there. And again, uh, you got a lot to play for. You got your career record to play for in these final three games, as well as you don't want Sacco. I know Anthony specifically does not want Sacco. That is a title that no one wants, but Anthony has told me many times that he does not want that title. So got to, got to win a couple of these games. So you don't get that Sacco. So our in memoriam crew is now three people, Kyle, Cameron, and Anthony, 13 teams still remain with several other teams ready to join this in memoriam spot too. So good luck everybody this week. You don't want to join this list. All right, that's my little recap at the beginning of this episode. Now let's get over to my interview with John as we recap week 11 and preview week 12. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. I got beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, lamb, green, beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, chicken, chicken. I am not joined by Shane this week, but I am joined by another fantastic member of the league, my opponent this week, and the man of the hour this last weekend. Uh, you know, Brandon might have been the main guy and maybe Alex, but I think this guy was the true hero and winner of the weekend. Mr. John Peterson is joining me. John, how are you doing today? Yes, Chris, I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for having me. I think the real MVP of Saturday besides uh, Brandon and Evelyn was you because you were holding Ezra. And I just remember as we were about to go and do our thing, this is like two minutes before I'm supposed to walk down, take my place in the center. You would look to me in the eye and said, I'm going to do my best to hold Ezra, but just beware. He tried to, uh, what was it? Batista slam the table yesterday. So be fully expecting to get speared. Yes. So I thank you for that. Because when we did the rehearsal the day before, before you were there, uh, Ezra was sprinting around everywhere and he ran down the aisle into what was the table that was, standing where you were standing on the night of and he almost decapitated himself and I had a mini anxiety attack in dress rehearsal thinking oh my god like Ezra's gonna be sprinting around everywhere so the moment I saw him like start to be like acting up a little bit after he came down in his wagon I was like I'm gonna hold him and (laughs) and then I, I realized that was a bad decision because he wanted to play and I was like what should I do and he ripped his boutonniere off and I was like we're just gonna destroy this boutonniere for the next 15 minutes while John talks and never <laughs> I remember you saying that he was just throwing the pedals around throwing the for yours <laughs> yeah and then he went for mine and so then we like we're playing with mine a little bit but thank god it was a beautiful uh service you were up there leading the show getting a bunch of laughs and, and tears Shane was behind me sweating his head off on the heat lamp and he had sweat coming down the back of his head and tears coming down his eyes from your magnificent words oh uh. Dude, those flowers got to me, dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the video, I'm going to be a sweaty, teary mess because I had the <laughs> spotlight and then the tears. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. uh, but it was exciting. It was truly an honor to be uh, just a small part of that day for Brandon and Evelyn. Totally. Yeah. I loved, uh, I love that they were able to just get the day in after all the stress of this last year. And especially this last like week with all the new, uh, COVID announcements. We didn't even know if it was going to happen. And I'm just, I'm just happy that they can now put this in the rear. Well, I, had, I had a COVID scare. Yeah. And you... that, that Thursday I got called from my district uh, I, that I had been reported as being someone in close contact with a person that had tested positive. Mm-hmm. So I had to call Brandon like Thursday night. And it was like that awkward uh, phone call you make to an ex when you found out you have like a, you know, like, <laughs> Hey, you might want to, <laughs> You might want to get tested because I think I might have chlamydia Michael, or something. Michael got in the office where he has to call all his exes. When he oh has my. Yes. Good Lord. It felt like Michael Scott called Brandon. And, uh, <laughs> there was almost going to be an audible for you going in because truly the officiant, my job, the only thing I need to do for the legality is sign the document. Anyone can perform the service. Mm-hmm. But uh, luckily my test result came back negative. All is good. Uh, it was just a brutal 40, you know, I hate to put that on them right there, but it was, yeah. I had to tell them. No, it, it, good thing. And I'm glad that everything worked out fine. And it was a great night for all of us. Uh, a lot of festivities, a lot of partying, uh, at the venue and at the hotel afterwards. And, uh, Evelyn smartest, and Brandon. The smartest decision they did, which also may have been the most questionable decision. Sorry, I let my dog out. Uh, they did. They put us all in the very back, which was genius 
<laughs> because especially when you guys did your uh the wedding party came in i don't know if you heard us all cheering and yelling when you guys came in like we're yep. yelling not my champ to brandon not my groom to brandon <laughs> and, uh, we we're just like talking to all kinds of shit but we were also closest to the bar and i seem to remember a certain podcast uh host slash commissioner getting a strict verbal warning at 7 33 p.m that he would soon be cut off if he did not quiet down I did end up eventually getting cut off. I think that bartender did not like several of us there because we were going uh we were going ham in the back. I I I didn't remember exactly what uh <laughs> what was happening at the the evening. And then I see on your Snapchat the next morning that apparently I was pulling out the drunk crab walk uh in the middle of the venue back there. There was drunk crab walking, there was which I thought was hilarious. You realize that you text me at like midnight. I'm in some random car with Cam <laughs> heading back to the hotel room, I think. <laughs> it was it was a great night. Uh, all around great night. All a night, great night, and lots of memories for all of us. And an honorary league event, because I think we had like at least like eight or nine of us from the league there. There was enough people for that to be a league event wedding and league event birthday celebration yep Shout out to alex again happy uh birthday if you're gonna have your birthday on a at a wedding at least i think we did it a little right for him i think that's a great way to have your wedding because you're gonna have an open bar and alex got to enjoy it yeah so. me, and, me and alex ended up sleeping in the same bed that night he blacked out in our hotel room oh no i know i was laying next to him a little bit before we had our own uh titans uh what was it Titans Ravens esque uh, a brawl oh, in the hotel room? Yes. That's a perfect segue to a, our next subject about football. We had an incident in the hotel room between two members of the league. Uh, hopefully, these two gentlemen have sorted things out. We love you both, Marcus and Shane. But speaking about football, the Titans and the Ravens had their own little pregame fiasco. Did you hear the story behind it? I just heard the whole story behind it. I don't know the whole story. I know the Titans went out and were kind of dan- uh, standing around on the 50-yard line on the Raven, kind of. And then one of their one of their cornerbacks, I think, started jawing off at Harbaugh, who just went nuclear and and tried to take the whole team on. But. The, f- the funny thing, I heard the story and it goes, Malcolm Butler and the team were standing out on the logo and they just were out there doing pregame. They didn't even know. The funny thing is they didn't know what the Ravens logo was. They thought it was like a Harry Potter house thing. It, Cause you know, it's the flag, it's the flag of Maryland. Yes, and, and they had no clue what it was. So they were standing out there just doing their warm-up, not really even trying to be like, you know, cocking off or anything. And Harbaugh came out screaming at them and they were like, what the hell is this guy mad about? And once they realized that Harbaugh was all like turned up, they started, you know, being like, let's just instigate and be like, fuck you, fuck you. And then that's when Vrabel got brought over and Vrabel was like, he thought a fight was about to break out and Vrabel was almost about to fight like Harbaugh. He was trying to figure out what was going to happen. And then he finally just said like, go fucking coach your team, uh, John. And then like a huge fight almost broke out. The best fucking, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, Um, And it's great that the Titans ended up winning that game too. Good for Harbaugh kind of going out and putting an end to that. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. but where, where were his players? Oh, I know. And I see my coach going out there. I'm jacked up and I'm running out there I'm mixing it up too, you know? It's so weird because I feel like it's more, I mean, there's been all the incidences with the Cowboys in the past, you know, like when T.O. ran to the star and stuff like that. But I think you see more of those things happen in college football because like the center field of like a college thing is more of like a, I don't know if there's more pride or more showing up the university than you really sure. see it in the yeah. NFL. College football, especially outside of the West Coast, you start getting to the Midwest, South. Mm-hmm. College football is a crazy difference than NFL. Yeah. Well, like, I'm a diehard loyal Cowboys fan, but those college football fans are just on another level. On and another level. They, it's like they didn't even have to go there to like be as hardcore of a fan as they are. They're just like, mm-hmm. yeah, this is our, our region. And like, yeah. I was just thinking of like a couple years ago when Baker Mayfield uh, beat Ohio State and he ran around with the freaking flag and stabbed it in the middle and everything. And there was almost a huge fight that broke out over that. Well, remember, they had to end the Tommy the Trojan doing his thing at other stadiums. They're getting getting, getting sensitive about that. Yep. 
Yeah. So it's more, it more happens in college, but I thought it was awesome to see, you know, grown ass men getting all pissed off about like their logos and a fight almost breaking out. And there's already bad blood in that matchup because they played each other last year in the playoffs and the Ravens lost after everyone thought they'd be, they were Super Bowl bound to Tennessee. So Tennessee has Baltimore's number. Yeah, I, I think the best part of that story is they thought it was some sort of Harry Potter insignia. <laughs> I know. When I heard that, I was dying laughing. Like a bunch of these, you know, amazing athletes, but they have no clue that that's the flag of Maryland down there. Awesome. <laughs> uh, oh, my God. So speaking of the Cowboys and everything, let's talk a little bit about Thanksgiving that's coming up. So happy Thanksgiving to everybody. We'll talk more about that. But right now we'll talk about the games that are going on. The Cowboys are starting to tease some of your fans here. We talked like a month ago, me, Shane, and Marcus, and we said, like, we don't need to talk about the Cowboys anymore. Their season's over. But all of a sudden, the Cowboys, you know, are half a game out of first place and a huge game on Thursday against Washington. As one of our honorary Cowboy fans in the league, have you allowed yourself to get your hopes back up or no, you're not? No. No. (laughs) We're three and seven, dude. No. We don't deserve – no, no. I don't – I will not – do I want to win every week? Yes. Am I getting my hopes up? No. Losing Dak, I think, is just what's going to kill this season. Zeke all of a sudden doesn't know how to hold a football. Um, we just got mm. derailed. Our defense is terrible. Like, mm-hmm. Mike Nolan's a clown. Oh, he used to be a 49ers head coach. I know all yeah. about how much of a I know. Clown. I hated him. At, then, uh, yeah. When you're playing uh, Air Airman 1 out there, and you're just, uh, you know, a cent- yeah. I know we've locked it down a little bit more over the – Last week or so, we played Pittsburgh hard. We played Minnesota hard, but uh, I'm not. I'm not going to be teased by that. Yeah, one game I, at a time. It was a deceptive win yeah. for you guys beating Minnesota because that Minnesota has been looking really, really good. And then for you guys to come back, I'm like, uh oh, is Andy Dalton going to get the guys uh, on a playoff push here? Yeah, as awesome as that would be, I don't even want to be built up to be let down. You know. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, I don't know. I wonder, well, as a Cowboys fan right now, would you rather, you know, the season continue to fall apart and you guys get a high draft stock or win this division and sneak in, but then potentially, yeah, you know, exactly getting routed in the first round. You can still fall apart and win the division. That's what's scary. <laughs> yes. Like, we only need to beat Washington, Philly, and the, I guess the Giants. Like, mm-hmm. every other game, as long as we beat those guys, you're 4-11 and, and you make the playoff i said i think a couple weeks ago i said the over under was six and a half wins so it's legit yeah it looks like whoever's gonna win this division might only need to win five or six games no god no god please no 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 yeah do i want the good draft stock yes uh Man, I, I'm so torn on this. I love Dak. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hate that he didn't sign a contract and, and got hurt. I don't know if he's worth that, you know, Russell Wilson money just because you haven't done it in the playoffs yet. Mm-hmm. You know? uh, but we'll see what this year brings. I, I, I really like Dak. I feel like the, the Dak injury and how bad the Cowboys have been, it reminds me of when Peyton Manning fucked his neck up for the Colts. And that one season, the Colts uh, were so bad that they ended up getting the number one pick and drafting Andrew Luck. And I remember saying in that year, I was like, Peyton Manning should have won MVP that year, having only played like one or two games, because that just showed how important he was. Yep. And that's how Dak is for this team right here. And I think I think he's getting paid either way. Maybe not like that crazy amount, but I think you guys are bringing him back. Dak was leading the league in passing yards. For until like his third game out, like that's how good his numbers. He was on pace for a monster season. Mm-hmm. Speaking yeah, the, of uh, speaking of gruesome injuries that kind of cut down people, I don't know if I'm jumping the gun on this. Joey B, man. Oh, yes, brutal. We have a we could do some COVID corner right now and talk about it right now. But the most brutal injury of the weekend, and so many young quarterbacks have gone through this. But uh, it just sucks because he was looking so good. And you kind of knew it was going to happen because the Bengals' offensive line is so bad. And he was getting hit every weekend. And it was just like, oh, my God, is he going to survive another week? And it sucked that it was against a bunch of his old college teammates, too, uh, like Chase Young. I mean, 
like I don't, it's never cool when someone gets hurt, but I love the kind of brotherhood and camaraderie. Like when Dak went down and the Giants, you know, like kind of rallied and, you know, uh, we're go over there giving him high fives. Garrett kind of ran out on the field to be mm-hmm. with him. Uh, same thing with Joey Burrow, like seeing Chase Young and uh, uh, McLaren come out there and, and kind of like, hey, he still has that O on his chest, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, dude, he was only there, what, a year? Two years? Yeah, like, like two years. He only started like one year. Yeah, and he's got that much like, you know, camaraderie still. That's pretty cool. Yeah. It's brutal injury, brutal injury for the Bengals. It's not like they were going to win much this year, but now it sucks. And now they're saying that that could be a nine to 12 month recovery. Cause it wasn't just an ACL. It was the PCL and the MCL. Yeah. He could not be the same player. Like he, his, he might not be the same player after what? 11 games. I heard, I heard that they were saying that, or at least some of the members of the media were like, if the Bengals were smart, don't rush him back and literally sit him out all next year. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, he's what, 20? Is he even 21? 20, I think he's 23 because he was a senior, uh, fifth year senior. Yeah, dude. Sit him out, bring him back when he's, yeah, because you don't want to rush that. Yeah, and especially if your team's not any good right now, why not just have another bad year with somebody else and accrue draft picks and put some talent around him? When is the league going to get rid of FedEx Field? Oh my God, yeah. Because like, you have the RG3 injury there, you have yep. the Alex Smith injury there, and now you have the Burrow nasty injury there. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Ugh. Yeah, so brutal, and not so, not just so brutal for the Bengals, but also brutal for poor Andrew, who I was playing this week, who uh, now doesn't have a quarterback on his team. Burrow was the only quarterback he had on his roster. Yeah. <laughs> brutal. Um, wow, well, that's a bold strategy. Yeah. Well, hit, hit on some other injuries here. So Joe Mixon was ruled out uh, before we had our last episode, um, or after we had our last episode, episode he's on IR for the Bengals so another loss right there uh DeAndre Swift for Mina had a concussion so he missed sucks for Mina because he was uh screwed out of you know having a shot to beat Marcus's two quarterback team with one of his better players and they're saying Swift might not play on Thursday yeah no he might be done another week Mm -hmm. another huge uh running back Rex Burkhead who's had a pretty good year for the Patriots looks like he tore his ACL he's gonna be out uh, that sucks for Escobar. Uh, LaMichael P. Ryan has a high ankle sprain. He's been put on IR by the Jets. And now we get to the wide receivers. These are some ones that are going to start affecting people that have potential playoff aspirations. Julio Jones. I don't know what the hell is wrong with Julio. He keeps getting hurt. He like pulled up on his hamstring or something. And the Bro, fact- Julio's not trying to play for Atlanta. He's like, hey, man, my hamstring hurts. Yeah. Like, does it prove it? And Oh, nope, can't walk. He's trying to get out of there. It annoys me because when he plays, Atlanta's offense is so good. And then when he doesn't, Matt Ryan is one of the worst quarterbacks. Yeah. Well, that just is a testament to, like, it, you know, who the number one receiver in the NFL is. He totally changes that offense. Yeah. I mean, he uh, is, you could say probably the most – he's got – he has the most impact on his quarterback. When he plays, that offense is good. When he doesn't, Matt Ryan just looks lost. Lost. And it opens up so much more stuff for like Ridley and Hayden Hurst and everybody else in the offense when he's out there. Cause he's people, they have to almost double cover, double yeah. cover Julio. Another big wide receiver injury. That was kind of strange. Also Juju Smith Schuster on a flag hurts his foot by stepping on a referee's flag. And I, no one even knew he was just on the sideline, like limping and had his helmet in his hand. And I had, I had no clue until I saw the replay of him stepping on a flag and limping. I'm like, I didn't even know the flag. I know it has like a little bit of that, like weight in it, but like, how'd you hurt your foot, man? Dude. I know. Like how soft are your cleats that if you step on it with the bottom, the bottom of the cleat, <laughs> you still hurt your toe. Like what? What? Oh, another brutal, Potential loss for Andrew. Andrew's team took some hits this weekend. Randall Cobb, also another guy who might be on IR, uh, hurt his toe also after scoring a touchdown. Poor Greg Olson, old man Greg Olson, ruptured his plantar fascia. His career might be over. It's It sucks because he's kind of like in that Drew Brees category of that veteran, old, like one of the best at his position of all time. Sucks to see him go out, especially because he was on Seattle this year and he was, you know, he really only signed with Seattle to try to win a Super Bowl, and now he might not even be able to play in the playoffs. Should have stayed in the booth. Should have stayed in the booth. 
he's going to have a career in there. He actually did a podcast series uh, this uh, summer that I listened to called uh, TE1, where he did, uh, he interviewed about nine tight yeah. ends throughout history. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, he's got a good career ahead of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know, you know, like the, the athletes in us, you never, never know when it's time to hang them up. Mm-hmm. It was hard for me to like, you know, realize like, all right, well, I got to stop, you know, doing this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I can only imagine, you know, you've been doing something that long. You're that good. You're, it'd be hard not to, but yeah, he's yeah. got, I would focus on the other career now. Put that cookie down now. Yeah, it sucks. Poor Greg. Although he's a Seahawk, so I could give a shit. Um, <laughs> and then the last, uh, the last two big ones that we found out this week are COVID related. Uh, Mark Ingram and JK Dobbins get announced that they test positive for COVID. And now it's looking like 10 people in the Ravens organization possibly have COVID and they have to play on Thursday night. So the NFL still says the game's going to happen, but if people keep testing positive, it could get pushed to the weekend, but that's an interesting situation to monitor. And I'm annoyed because I have JK Dobbins when he finally had a good game. Now he has COVID. How does that happen? What is going on here? The NFL has investigated all these other teams. I'd like to see, because like you said, it went from like what one case to now it's like 10 plus. Mm-hmm. And it's like, ah, uh, man. Maybe it was the Titans. Maybe they did something on the middle of the field right there. Oh, God. And then the, uh, the, then there was one more COVID case. It was Adam Thielen, which was shocking after he had his huge game this last weekend. Adam Thielen tested positive for COVID, uh, which could be a huge, huge blow for Escobar's team. Uh, Thielen's been basically his best player this whole season. Adam Thielen caught everything else this year. It was only a matter of time before he caught COVID. Oh, my God. Wow. What was a better catch? Thielen's one-handed corner touchdown against the Cowboys or CeeDee Lamb's touchdown? Okay, was CeeDee Lamb's really good because he wrong, ran the wrong route or Dalton made a bad throw? I, I think I, – so was it a bad throw? Because I feel like Dalton threw it to where the, at least the defender wasn't. Yeah, so then was he running – so if Dalton throws it there, was CeeDee then running the wrong route? Like – I think CD might have been running the wrong route, or Dalton was just trying to throw him open because that was an. Ins- I don't yeah. know how. I don't know how he bent his back like that to come back and get that ball, bro. It was wild. It's a great catch. Uh, Thielen with that one-handed toe tap to maintain possession, though. Sick. I mean, dude. Uh, it, yeah, anytime you can do that. I mean, both catches were. It's hard to kind of pick, you know, mm-hmm. like. And you had that in the same game. Same game. Thielen back to back weeks has saved Escobar's life, fantasy life. Actually, no, Thielen didn't save him this week. His bullshit tight end saved him. Yeah. So we'll talk about this now going into league news. Escobar, if you guys didn't know throughout the week, there was some semi controversy because ESPN, well, first off, I won't blame ESPN at first. So Friday, we get the news that, um, Who's the Saints coach? I just forgot his name. Oh, Peyton. Peyton. Sean Peyton announces after everyone in the week had said Jameis Winston was going to start that actually Taysom Hill is going to start. Um, and I think he did that at the end of the week to kind of fuck with the Falcons. So they had no time to plan yeah. for Taysom's wildcat offense. And ESPN had said if Taysom gets the starting quarterback job, he will lose his tight end eligibility. But they came out and said because it was so late in the week and waivers had already passed that they were going to leave the tight end eligibility so they wouldn't screw over that. In my mind, I'm like, okay, that makes sense. But I'm like, you're catering to maybe like the 10% of people that have Taysom Hill and pissing off the 90% of people that don't have Taysom Hill. Well, CBS and I think the NFL uh, didn't change him. Mm -mm. Or they changed him. Did so so Escobar gets to play him in his tight end position and he ends up being his highest scoring player. He's the tight end one. I think he finished as tight end five. He didn't even throw a touchdown. He ran two touchdowns and uh, was basically a cheat code. And Escobar had a shitty week. It was if, if he doesn't have Taysom Hill at tight end plus Roethlisberger plus Thielen, he l- loses. They scored over like 60 of his 80 of his 90 points. Did you just throw Ben Roethlisberger in there to get us off the trail that you absolutely stole? 
Russell Wilson? No, because if you look at Ben Roethlisberger's numbers the last uh, month, he's been fantastic. When he with those three receivers, Claypool, Juju, and uh, uh, Deontay Johnson, he's balling. Okay. <laughs> Keep the shade coming. He's having a better month than Russ Wilson. I've actually been furious with Russ this last yeah, month. Yeah, Russ is Russ is. I, that has made me happy to see because it has utterly jacked you up. Yeah, it screwed me up on everything. But Marcus gets the win. Uh, Mina was a little, Mina was a trooper about it. I talked to Mina about it. I was like, Hey, are you okay with him doing this? I could totally see if you, uh, uh, don't want him to do this because it screws you, but he was cool with it. He's like, he had him already on his roster. So let it happen. Mina still almost won. Um, but the rest of Mina's Mina's division, eight and two, nine and two. Yeah. Now he's nine and two. So it screwed up his like, whatever, dude, let the, Peasant Escobar have a his fun for the day. <laughs> Let the I'm peasant Escobar. Were you cool with it though? I, I was texting several people, being like, "Is this okay that Taysom Hill gets to be a tight end this week?" I was kind of uh, checking the water on the uh, some of the people in the league, and it was like mixed. Yeah. I, I I don't know, man. It, <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah, I could see how if this was like you know a do or die week, and there was a lot on the line there'd be so much more controversy, but thank God it was Mina and Esco who was, you know, the discrepancy in the standings was very big, but they, he should lose his tight end eligibility after this week, right? He has. So ESPN has already updated it and he's officially just a quarterback now. Oh, good. So we'll he can't. He does now. Yeah. We'll see what he does now. I think he actually has Taysom Hill as his starting quarterback right now over big Ben. A bold strategy, bold strategy. Cotton. That might've been his last one of the season. Yep. So Escobar takes down the number one seed. Uh, all of us, I guess, are thankful for that, except for Mina. But Mina, who I texted, who would have been annoyed if he was the only one to lose, he said, actually, I'm okay with it because everyone else in Pineapple Express lost. In fact, everyone else in Studio Ghibli lost. It was a Jurassic Park and Avatar sweet party this weekend. Right. That's right. All hail Jurassic Park, the best division out here, as two JP members are on this pod right now. Um, this was the second time this season Jurassic Park has swept a weekend series with uh, Studio Ghibli. I mean, we just do it different, man. I mean, mm-hmm. we're, we're just different. You have champions and then the Buffalo Bills of our league in there. Yeah. Who's been championships and obviously. <laughs> so we just know what it takes. You know, some of us know what it takes to win. Some of us know what it takes to get there. So it's a tough, it's a tough uh, division all around. I remember this summer when we announced the divisions and our division was created. I had said that this was going to be the toughest division uh, potentially that this league has ever seen, definitely this season. And it has totally lived up to the bill because we are 12 weeks in and all of us are above 500. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, you, 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 you got a big game this week. Uh, your team's formidable since Escobar pretty much gave you everything. Uh, so it's going to be a tough week for me against you. But, luckily, but, luckily, I don't have McCaffrey. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. You only have his handcuff that, you know, as you gave a fucking piece of gum for. So <laughs> glad we have competent, you know, stuff like that going on. He but sucks, Mike Davis. Eight and three for you. Uh, then we're all six and five, dude. Mm-hmm. raises five and six we're all up there uh avatar probably this what right behind us they got uh pineapple express is tough avatar and pineapple express both both are pretty uh tough evenly divisions hayden and shane are holding up uh avatar i mean you got marcus who's marcus and then kyle who's just heartbreak central mm-hmm. uh, studio ghibli which is the afterthought of our league Mm-hmm. that's like our our sock you know that's under the bed <laughs> and then you got pineapple express which means is just killing it yeah but all those people still have a shot to win in fact no teams have clinched a playoff spot yet we have three weeks to go no one has punched their ticket and we've only had a couple people be officially eliminated we'll Dude, that's about. what makes that's what makes this uh, upcoming division play so crucial. So, so important. This this next week is going to be huge for a yeah. lot of teams. Let's uh, talk about – do you think a stu- – for? I'm going to ask you this. Is a Studio Ghibli member making the playoffs at under 500? Oh, they, 
They have to. Oh, God. Mike is at five and six right now in the lead. So he has to go at least two and one to finish seven and seven. I think he can do it. Andrew would have to win all three to get to seven and seven. Oh, and Andrew's team just got brutally. He just lost Burrow. So that's tough. Dan though, Dan is a weird sleeper team. He's three, three and eight. He has no shot of getting to 500, but he's getting Raheem Mostert back this week for the 49ers. I want Cam to win out. I want Cam to beat everyone in the (laughs) division play and just end at four, four and 10. That would be great. And then Mike will make it at, at five and let's say eight or six <laughs> and eight. It'd be the worst division in league history. None, no division in our history has ever had a winner under 500. So. Hey. Oh, God. Maybe that's the Sacco division. <laughs> We <laughs> just give the never let Cam, Dan, Andrew, and Mike be in the same division ever again. Yeah, or we just keep them in that division, and then when they get above five hundred, they can move out into the you know the big boy realm. Well, I'm sure a lot of people in our league right now wish they were in Studio Ghibli because that's a guaranteed playoff spot locked up. <laughs> yeah, dude, <laughs> like, I like, I like, like look look division. at this, John. You you are in last place, tied for last in the best division, and you would be in first place in that division. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but hey, I got to do it against the best, dude. You know exactly. I got a lot to. I, I like to. I like the 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 toughness of it. I remember. I think it was the last year we did the Star Wars division, and I joined it because it was like there are just certain things you have to do in this league. You win mm-hmm. a championship you know, make playoffs when you play a couple playoff games, you have a good season when you're your league. I, I just like the next tough thing is like trying to win those tough divisions yeah. Even with those formidable kind of division opponents where it's like, Hey, you know, it, I could very well lose the division, but at least, you know, like I'm going against the best. I love that. Yeah. That's the same way uh, I thought about it. This is the second time I've been, I feel like in one of these uh, groups of death, You've yep. been in a couple because you've been in uh, some of those Game of Thrones divisions yep. back in the day that were super, super tough. It's fun. It's stressful, but, you know, when you win it, it's so much more rewarding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But watch this. Watch all this shit talk and watch some under 500 Studio Ghibli team win it all and go on a run in the playoffs. Hey, you know what's a trip? Me and Mike had our, our revenge game this week. Mm-hmm. And the game comes down to an LA Rams running back. <laughs> oh my God. That's right. Yeah. So Monday night football was crazy because it was not only your matchup, it was Brandon and Dan's matchup. It was um, Hayden. Hey, that's, that's right. Hayden and Alex had Brandon the big one came back against Dan. Brandon came back against Dan. You held off Mike and yeah. uh, Escobar had won his, but there was three of those key ones and I honestly thought – I thought you were dead in the water because you were only had, you know, like, what, like a 10-point lead and you had three players? Yeah. I don't even think it was 10. I think it was like seven. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, Malcolm Brown better do something good. And neither Brown nor Henderson did anything good. Brown did just enough. <laughs> yep. <laughs> just – I remember he caught – it was like in the fourth quarter, late in the fourth quarter, and he caught like an, an eight-yard pass, and I was like, that's it. Because none of, none of you guys had been getting any yards, and those eight yards might as well have been 80 yards. Yeah, I think he only had like 2.3 points, bro. But, hey, that's all I needed. A win's a win. Absolutely, especially against Mike. Yeah. Mike's tough. Mike's really been bringing it this season. I know the record in the Studio Ghibli division isn't really reflecting that. But, I mean, when you're going against a powerhouse like Jurassic Park. He beat me. Uh, it's one of my two inter – division losses against Mike. So I can't talk shit. Yeah. Uh, Malcolm Brown won me that game getting 2.8 points, man. Amazing. <laughs> and then Brandon ends his weekend after getting married on a walk-off as he was trailing Dan. And it looked like he was going to have two heartbreaking Monday night football losses in a row after losing the week prior to Escobar. But, uh, he only needed like five points and he had both Rojo and Godwin and Rojo and Godwin were doing nothing until Godwin caught that touchdown with four minutes to go, which put Brandon over on a walk off. Is Tampa good? Is, ta- is Tampa good? I think if I Tom- they have potential, 
I'm not saying they don't have good players, but are they good? When their defense plays good, I think they're really good because this was weird to see Tom Brady turn the ball over like two or three times because he doesn't normally turn it over. Like he may not be amazing, but he protects the ball. And if their defense just, you know, gets some turnovers, like they win games, but their defense was getting carved up by Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. Yeah. And I don't know, man. Uh, It just is like Tampa all season. They haven't been able to do it. They're like, they've Kirk Cousins themselves on these primetime games. They're like one in three. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're not scoring points. I, I don't, I don't get it. Well, same with this Rams team. This Rams team to me doesn't make any sense because I've seen them get embarrassed by the Dolphins and the 49ers and other teams. And then other weeks they look like this where their offense looks unstoppable. Yeah. I hate the Rams. Me too. So who knows? Maybe they're both imposters. But uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, some awards here. And then uh, we'll get you out of here before your class and everything. So, oh, before we do awards. No, 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 we'll do awards right now. No, no, uh, I threw you off. We can do whatever. I threw no, you off with that with that injury report. My bad, dude. No, no, no. The injury report was good. I, we can jump all over the place. I like it. Let's do okay. awards right now. You have the notepad, right? We can do back and forth on it. Yeah, we'll get it. Cool. We'll get it. You can start off with MVP if you'd like. Okay. All right. Our MVP for this week goes to Deshaun Watson. From Dan's team. Yep. Sean Watson had 31.36 points, throwing for 344 yards with two touchdowns, and he rushing for one more touchdown with another 36 yards. Yep. Dan, congratulations for a glimmer of something on your team. Kept uh, – well, Dan ended up losing on Monday night, but that was uh, – put Dan out into a big lead. And more importantly, it, it that performance, I think, ended the Patriots season because the Texans kicked the shit out of the Patriots in that game. That was embarrassing. Yeah, they did. <laughs> That was embarrassing. So hats and off to you. Bird, 20 points on my bench. Who the hell? Yeah, like everyone thought, oh, it's finally J- Jacoby Myers is coming to, sh- to take away this number one job. And then all of a sudden, Demir Bird. Yeah. Cam, I, I don't – dude, Cam Newton, he he can't throw the ball. No. 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 <laughs> so MVP award to Sean Watson. Beast Mode award goes to Hayden Purdue, who pulls out – what was the game of the week preview against Alex? He scored 119.76 points in a last minute victory over Alex. Hats off to you, Hayden, who has, he needed that victory because Shane had won and he holds on to first place in Avatar with that win. So hats off to you, sir. Go, Hayden. Go, Hayden. The Robert Muldoon Award goes to <laughs> our uh, fearless commissioner and Excellent podcast hoster and great baby holder, Chris, <laughs> Andrew. Uh, Chris, you just dick punched Andrew this weekend. 50.72 point differential there. Yeah. Uh, Andrew, yeah. I feel bad because Andrew, you know, loses Burrow midway through that game. He loses Juju midway through that game by stepping on a flag. And the biggest mistake he made, he started Sony Michelle because the Patriots announced that he was coming off of IR. And then right before kickoff, they're like, yeah, he's not playing. Yeah. So he got a goose egg out of his running Andrew, back spot. If you want to mail Bill Belichick a you know, bag of uh, banjos, <laughs> you are within your rights there. Exactly. That, that's kind of shitty. Yep. So Andrew sits. Andrew has had a tough – so Andrew started 3-0. and He beat all his division opponents. Yeah. He's 4-7 and right now. Oh. He has went one and seven in division play. Well, that's like Marcus, dude. Marcus came out. He's won his last five. Yeah, and Marcus started, I think it was like one and four. Yeah, and he's come out one his last five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good yep. for him. Complete opposites. So hats off to me for that one. Sorry, Andrew. Uh, participation award goes to our man who seems to win this every week, Cameron Anderson. <laughs> 49.88 points scored. In his official elimination loss, uh, joining the In Memoriam crew this week, Cameron, we thought you had a shot to maybe win this division because everyone else in your division doesn't want to win it, but Marcus uh, put the so, thumping on you. Who did he play? He only scored 49 points. He played uh, Polaris. He scored? 91. Oh, man. So the point differential was close. 
It was close. I think it was like a four, yeah, like a 45. Points and you mm -hmm. don't have the point differential. That's just, that's wild. Yeah. So we love you, Cameron, but uh, better, luck luck better luck next year, my friend. Yeah. Hey, there's always next year. Uh, yeah. You're, you're going to bounce back. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the game of the week one, I have several candidates on here and I'm going to need your help. And you're on these, one of these candidates. Uh, so I see that. this is, Normally we have a winner every week, but the last two weeks we've had these Monday night madnesses that make it so hard. So we have yeah. Hayden holding off Alex, you beating Mike, barely holding him off, Brandon coming back and beating Dan, and then Escobar's cheating ass with two quarterbacks, yeah. barely beating cross, Mina. Cross him off that list. <laughs> cross him off that list. So Esco, forget you heard your, your name. Mm-hmm. Brandon got married this week, and he gets that, so we'll cross him off the list. Okay. Um, I honestly think that it, you know, as much as I want to give it, you know, to me and Mike having a good game, Hayden holding off Alex to kind of take first place in that division, right? Yep. I mean, that's, ah, that, that's a good game. I think that one might be it because they were both yeah. seven and three, and it went down to literally the final drive because if Tom Brady would have thrown a touchdown to potentially Antonio Brown on that final drive – Alex yeah. would have won. Alex, yeah, I give that game of the week. Perfect. That's my Alex, vote. Alex, you're getting the game of the week along with Hayden. Good job, guys. We actually predicted that last week, so thank you for making us look good. Not like everybody else who I hype up and then they have a shit burger for a game. <laughs> and uh, give, a, give us this last award, John. And the words of Rick Astley. <laughs> These nope. guys. Never going to give, never going to give. <laughs> Which this division should have given up. Uh, Studio Ghibli is going to get the never given up the Rick Assey Award for another week of being swept. Ugh. I mean, just oof. Big woof. Everyone under 500. We're giving this award out to everyone in Studio Ghibli this week. I was going to give it to maybe John because he had the Demir bird and stuff, but John was able to hold on and get that W, so I yeah. can't give it to John. No, Studio Ghibli needs to win something this year besides the Toilet Bowl Award, so they can have the Never Give Up Award. Yeah, they're getting the Never Give Up. Gross-ass division. All right, let's preview week 12 here, and then we'll get you out of here. This has been an awesome pod, by the way, John. And we want to say yeah. this this week is a huge week, right? We're back in division play, round two of division play. Round two. And it's Thanksgiving. So remember, guys, you got three games on Thanksgiving, plus all the games on Sunday and oh. Monday. Um, the, the Thanksgiving slate is, I think it's Texans-Lions in the morning, Cowboys, uh, Washington in the afternoon and potentially Baltimore Pittsburgh at night, but that game, who knows that game get canceled and moved to Monday. I, I mean, oh man, crazy, crazy. And for this week, for the first time since I think like week four, there are no bye weeks full go for everyone. Everyone will have everyone on your roster. There is still one more week of bye weeks next week, but for this week, no teams on a bye. Wild. Wild. All right. And going into the matchup of the week. Now I've written every matchup down here. Normally we only highlight one, but there are a lot of matchups on the line this week. So you have the avatar division leaders up for grab Hayden, who won last week is facing Shane in the rematch. Shane beat him the first time. They're both eight and three, but the winner of this game has a commanding lead of potentially who could win oh. that division with only three games to go. Hayden, break the curse. Anyone yeah. that plays Shane always shits the bed, dude. Yep. I love Shane. Competitor, great friend. But, dude, I look at Shane's numbers every year, and he always seems to have the least amount of points given up and mediocre <laughs> points for. I don't yep. know what he's done or what, you know, I, I, I don't know if I need to get on his regimen of – sacrificial uh fantasy football you know offers but mm -hmm. come on hayden come on hayden i love that um the other big so that's probably going to be the game of the week because it's the two best records yeah. that are playing each other but we have some other ones because this could potentially be some people's seasons on the line um brandon versus marcus is huge they're both six and five hey, in our division two of the most unathletic guys in our division in our league Easily would lose a foot race to anyone else in the league. Yeah, just terrible athletes. Yep. Wubba lubba dub dub! And one of these guys could be, you know, have their season almost 
ruined this week. They're both only a game out of the wild card. They're only two games back in the division, but a loss here could be brutal. Um, Mina, now this isn't that much more important for him. He has a nice two-game lead in his division, but it's a huge week for Gabe. Gabe has to try to win to stay in his division race. He's only two games out of the – or only a game out of the wild card, but uh, hard when you're playing Mina. Mina's team oh. has been really, really good. I've been in Mina's spot before. It's nice to be 9-2. and two. Obviously, you never want to lose, but uh, it's tough. That's a tough spot because you just want to win, 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 but the playoffs are a different monster. Mm-hmm. So and you – we'll see how Mina handles coming off a loss. He's the, the bastards won nine in a row. He hasn't had to deal with a loss. Some adversity here. It'll be interesting. Mina, you know, handles himself. Well, I think he'll handle it. Well, I think mm-hmm. he'll talk to his guys and get them fired up. And Gabe, I know your team since miles Gaskin has gone down has been struggling at running back. So you need to give a pep talk and get your guys going this week. Then we have another big one, Dan, who's three and eight, somehow still alive, only two games out, getting Raheem Moser back in his rematch against Andrew, and Andrew just lost Joe Burrow. Three and eight and four and seven team is on game of the week, huh? Yeah, it's a potential one where their both seasons are on the line. <laughs> Ghibli is just... Wah, wah. Like and then it. the big one in this oh, bracket is... The monster that is you? Us too, my friend. The rematch... Oh. You beat me the first time we played. You didn't trade rate Marcus the first time we played. I was out McCaffrey, I think, that week, too. So you're going to get me again without him. I think you gave a a shiny piece of rock for. Like, I I don't get it. It'll be an interesting one. You're projected to win. Uh, We have the two, I think, best quarterbacks right now. But besides Kyler Murray, I think it's us, us two with Mahomes yeah. and uh, Watt and uh, Wilson. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I don't know who I should play, Demir Bird or Fulgham. You, <laughs> your receiving core really scares me. You have a lot of really good receivers. I'm totally expecting Michael Thomas to become last year's Michael Thomas this week for you. If he can find it, that'd be amazing. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be a good one. Hopefully, I give you a fight. I don't just flop on my face. I feel like this season's been like one week I'll do good and look good. The next week I just flop. I feel like uh, my flop, my weeks are about as unathletic as Brandon and Polaris, where I just kind of flop over. And Well, if you win this week, you're only a game behind me, and one of those two idiots are going to lose, so you'll be right there if you get me. Um, if I get you, the I'm – the division's almost mine, so I yep. can smell it, but I can't get too cocky because I'm literally terrified. Just like how you said, losing 0-3, I legit feel like I could go 0-3 because our division's so good. That's Yeah, our division right now is just – it's tough. Mm-hmm. Best of luck to you, buddy, in this week. Hey, um, I'm th- uh, Best of luck to you, man. The last three ones that we'll quickly highlight are just the spoiler slash revenge games. Our three eliminated teams in Kyle, Anthony, and Cam are getting a rematch against uh, Escobar, Alex, and Mike. And both of, or all three of them have a shot of really hurting those playoff hopes of the other three. So, hey, I love these games. Mm-hmm. Go all, go spoilers. I love all the spoilers. And remember, all three of you spoilers, there's still the Sacco out there. All right, man, let's wrap this thing up. What an awesome weekend. Uh, we hope everyone has a great Thanksgiving on Thursday and then a great week with your families and everything. I hope uh, you're able to maybe see some loved ones. If not, if you're playing it safe, uh, jump on Zoom and uh, hang out. I'll be up in Big Bear. You got any plans this week, John? No, I'm just hanging out. Uh, so... My, uh, my dad's kind of been in, in the hospital, so he's home oh, now, man. which is good. Oh, that's so good. I'm going to go to my parents and cook cook this year. Cool. So, I'll uh, be cooking, too. I'm going to be cooking up at, at the house that I'm going to be at. Nice. Uh, so I'm taking it easy. I'm thankful to uh, for all of you in the league. I love you guys. Uh, greatest brotherhood I'm a part of. I love you guys. I'm always so thankful to just every week know, especially this time of the year, like I feel like Everyone in this league is my extended family. I yep. see some of you guys more than I do my own family. My brothers are always off being busy and stuff. My mom works like two, three jobs. So you guys are all my brothers and I'm so thankful to, uh, this is hard work putting on this league and making sure we have all our events and this pod and everything. But again, like it's not work for me because I love it because I love all you guys. Yeah, so I'm, so I'm thankful, thankful for all you guys. Like, uh, I, I always build you up. I know you hear it all the time from me, but dude, just the work you do for us 
and you taking our league to the next level, the podcast, uh, you know, just how you commission the league. You deserve the commissioner of the year award every year. Mm-hmm. The commissioner of the year, uh, for me, even in the leagues, you're not commissioner and you're commissioner of the year. So, uh, <laughs> I'm just thankful for our friendship, for, uh, for, for having the pleasure to know you and, and for all that you do for not only me, but the rest of the league. Thanks so much, man. We'll end this thing on that. I love you, John, and uh, best of luck to everybody this week. Good luck in your matchups and happy Thanksgiving. If you ever need a, a, a stand-in host, let me know. We'll 100%, man. I'm so happy that you were on this episode with me. This was a blast. It's been an honor. Been a blast. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone, and peace out. Peace out.